All right, so I'm going to give you, we'll call it two different takes on Robert Salah being named the new head coach of the New York Jets. And the, the first take is the reality of him being named the head coach. Because the reality that we don't know how Robert Salah will be as a head coach in the NFL. He's never done it before. He's coming to a new situation, to a historically bad franchise. A franchise that I love. We'll we'll throw that out there. But again, if we're talking the reality, it's a seemingly toxic franchise that struggles to get out of their own way with these types of decisions. The reality is that there's a good chance that he's not going to fulfill his five-year contract that he just signed. Because in the last 30 years, the Jets have only had one head coach that was able to coach the Jets for more than five seasons. And that coach took the team to two AFC championship games. Herman Edwards coached the Jets for five seasons, and he took them to the playoffs three times during that span. So the Jets don't exactly have a track record of being able to find the right guy. That's the reality. Now for the second take, the second take is the one that allows us to be hopeful because the hope is that Salah breaks that track record. The hope is that he starts building a new track record of consistency with the Jets. That maybe he's going to set them on a path like the Pittsburgh Steelers who have had just three different coaches since 1969, which is just unthinkable. And look, if Salah is here for his five-year contract and beyond it, it probably means that he's taken the Jets to the playoffs a couple of times. And if he somehow does the the unthinkable, like the Steelers, and manages to be with the Jets for, say, 10 years, say for a decade, he almost definitely would have at least taken them to a Super Bowl in that time span. So that's the hope. And, and, And what bodes well for that hope is the fact that there are definitely a lot of tools, a lot of aspects to Salah's coaching game that makes us able to believe that the Jets might have hired the right person this time. And let me just say this also real real quick, because I know in my last podcast after, after Adam Gase was fired, I, I didn't throw out any potential replacement ideas, but the one thing that I did say in terms of the coaching search going forward was, and I said this kind of hastily, was that I wanted an offensive-minded head coach, which Salah is not. And I knew it was somewhat unlikely that the Jets would go offense because that's that's just the way it goes more often than not in sports. Like, if you have an offensive coach and it doesn't work out, then you go defense, you go opposite the next time. But my priority in saying that was being able to develop a quarterback. And the best way to do that is by getting a stud offensive-minded head coach. It's the most logical way to develop a quarterback. Just because Adam Gase was a dud of a pick and historically bad doesn't mean that you can't still go offense with your next coach. So I wanted a coach that would make me believe that they, they can uh, develop a, a quarterback. Not even Maybe not even fix Sam Darnold because I, I, don't, I don't know that he is fixable. I, I think at this point he is what he is more likely than not. But a coach that can help find and develop that next quarterback I wanted the coach that would give us the the best opportunity to do that. So in my mind, bringing in an offensive-minded guy was the the way to go. But I am going to kind of flip on that a bit. 
like I said, I, I said it hastily. So if, if I want to flip, I'll, I'll flip. I, I could do that. I'm not ashamed. I'll flip on the type of head coach that I wanted if I want to. I want a coach that can be the CEO of the Jets. I want a coach that can be a leader. That can make decisions in high-pressured situations. I want a coach that players want to play for. A coach that, that players want to listen to or willing to listen to. A coach that I'm confident is going to be able to prepare the team properly every single week. A coach that can even prepare for the unthinkable situations. And it, it looks like it looks like Salah has the coaching tools to be all or, or at least a lot of those things at first glance. So we're going to go through a few different aspects of Salah's career that should get you very excited. But the first thing that I, I want to do, I want to play this audio that was circling Twitter Thursday night after the hire was announced. And uh, it's it's Salah talking himself. It's himself talking about what makes a good coaching staff. So some of you may have heard it already. If if you did, that's fine. I don't care. It's fantastic. You should be excited to hear this audio again because it was that great. Your staff completes you. He, he said this, and I'm just going to, I'm really just repeating it, but your staff completes you. I can ask every single uh, person in this room to describe a great coach. We all think we're great coaches. And the reality is we, we are all great coaches. But describe a great coach, and I promise, I promise you'll describe yourself. It's inherent. It's unconscious. If I ask Raheem Morris to describe a great coach, he's going to describe himself. If I ask Eric Bannemi to describe a great coach, he's going to describe himself. But when you we go back to what we learned with Pete Carroll and connecting to and understanding ourselves, staff diversity goes beyond the color of our skin. And this is what uh, Braves was getting to. You have to know your weaknesses you have to connect to and understand yourself, and you have to understand what you can't give a player. No one coach can give a player everything. So, no, it's not good to hire 20 Robert Salas on a, on, a, on a staff. Sure, I think I'm a hell of a coach, but there are things that I can't do that D'Amico Ryans can or Chris Kacerik or Joe Woods, who's now at Cleveland, or Jeff Halfley, who's at Boston College, or Johnny Holland or uh, uh, Daniel Bullock's. There are things that they can do that one another can't, but together we make a staff. And so, yes, you want different race. You want uh, different personalities. You need different uh, values. But together, when you put together your staff, understand that you're bringing people who do things that you can't. Listening to him speak, listening to Robert Salah give his ideas and beliefs about what makes a, a good coaching staff, it just... It seems like such a different mentality than what we were used to hearing with Adam Gase talk, and it fits that that want of a CEO type of head coach. He's so much more than just X's and O's. There, there's character, there's personality and traits that that make you really believe that he is the right pick. Let's take a quick break because I have a lot more to get to, and I don't want to forget about that. So a quick break on the Brandon Goddard's Jets podcast back after this. When you hear Robert Salah speak, when you see him on the sideline, the way the players react to him, the energy and the passion that he exudes, and I'm not going to suggest that we put a ton of stock into the introductory press conference, but 
Salah's going to flat out dominate it. He's going to be fantastic in that situation. A a complete reversal from what we saw with Adam Gase a couple of years ago. And nobody's going to be talking about Salah's eyes in a negative light after the press conference. Nobody's going to wonder if there was something medically wrong with him after his press conference. Nobody's going to question his enthusiasm or or personality after the press conference. It's going to be like Matt Rule and and Joe Judge last year. He's going to he's going to kill it in that way. This is going to be Rex Ryan getting everybody fired up after he said he's not here to kiss Bill Belichick's rings. The one thing that could impact it is is doing it over Zoom. Salah's not going to be in New York for the presser next week, and I I could see sitting in a room by yourself kind of at times struggling to hear the question because a reporter's going to undoubtedly have a bad internet connection at some point. Maybe that's going to take away from the excitement and and energy a little bit. So maybe it won't be as good as it could have been if it was in person, but it's still going to be really, really good. And that matters. And maybe it shouldn't matter. Like maybe it shouldn't have mattered how bad Adam Gase presented himself in his press conference, but it set the entire coaching tenure off on a bad a bad foot. Like if he came out and he he won twelve games in his first year, we would have kind of forgot about that press conference, or 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 maybe it would have been looked at almost like this guy is just like the evil genius, and that was our first science to it. Now, obviously, he turned out to be a really bad head coach, so we look back to, towards those those first signs from the introductory press conference and say, yeah, we knew he was going to be a bad head coach. So maybe that first impression shouldn't matter that much. Like maybe your your physical appearance shouldn't matter that much for being a head coach. But it's part of that first impression. And first impressions matter when you're expected to lead a group of millionaires in a sport that is incredibly physical and a sport that's intertwined with pop culture. So first impressions matter in helping to gain instant credibility and, and instant respect. And you look at Salah, and aside from the fact that he looks like he could sub in on the field in an emergency, he has that type of physical appearance. He's also obviously a person that is going to make a tremendous first impression on players solely based on his energy and his enthusiasm. The other thing that gets you you really excited about what he said during that uh, that audio that I played before, that was from a, a coaching summit that the NFL had shared. And um, the other thing that makes you excited about it was his ability to discuss recognizing his own faults, the ability to to recognize that there are other people that can help you, the ability and, and the confidence to surround yourself with people that aren't just yes men. And that you can and that you will surround yourself with people that offer different opinions and different ideas. Diversity on on any coaching staff is necessary and not just diversity in terms of background and and race and culture, which is all good. Now, I'm certainly in favor of and the NFL has, has done a brutal job in terms of having diversity among their head coaches. But in terms of building a coaching staff, diversity of thought is necessary. And it should go without saying, but it, it's not a mindset that every head coach follows. Robert Salah does. And that goes along with the CEO stuff that I said earlier. Get get me a head coach that can manage different thought processes 
Get me a head coach that wants different thought processes. Get me a head coach that can accept different ideas and and relishes receiving those different ideas. And speaking of diversity, how about Salah being the first Muslim coach in the history of the NFL? That's pretty cool. The the ties that he has to New York is is wild, and I would encourage everybody, if you haven't, I would encourage you to go read the Sports Illustrated feature written on Salah from 2017. I think that was when he was hired with the, I think that this story came out shortly after he was hired as the defensive coordinator of the the 49ers, which it it details why he decided to become a, a football head coach. Um, earlier in the in the 2000s, and again, you should go read it if you haven't. But I'll just I'll I'll give a quick summary. And essentially, Salah was was maybe 21 in 2001, and pretty fresh out of college, and he was working in the finance industry, had a decent job in it, uh, and his brother also worked in finance, and just started training with Morgan Stanley. So he he was working at the World Trade Center at the time, and. Uh, really early on in his tenure there. 9-11 happens. Um, Salah's brother is in the building, in the in the Twin Towers. Robert, Salah, and the family, they thought that his brother was dead for hours during that day. They finally get in touch with him after he makes it back to the hotel uh, later on that night. And then not long after that all played out, Robert was obviously very emotional over the situation and and it was just like what am I doing there's something that I'm passionate about what what am I doing wasting my life and my passion away on, on something that I don't love in terms of being having a, a career in finance instead of football and it was it was 9-11 it was almost losing his brother on that day that made him decide that he's got to give coaching a try he's got to be a part of football and then now two decades later, Robert Slaw is in New York, hired as the head coach of the Jets, 41 years old, pretty cool. That's it, pretty amazing, that turn of events for him. And the guy's put a, a tremendous amount of work to get where he is today. He didn't have anything handed to him in terms of becoming a, a head coach. He has an inspiring backstory. He's relatable. Uh, he, he's an Arab American proving the American dream, and, and and he's our coach now. So how about that? I think it's a it's a fantastic story in terms of just the ability to recognize what it is that you love, uh, and the ability ability to go chase it and go get it. And here we are, about twenty years later, and he is finally a head coach in the NFL after putting a lot, a lot of hard work in. I think that's inspiring for players and inspiring for fans to hear that story. Now, the other cool thing about his backstory is that he was a tight end in college. And I'm so sick of having head coaches that coach just one side of the ball. Adam Gase ignored the defense. Todd Bowles, Rex Ryan, they ignored the offense. Maybe the fact that Salah played offense in college means that he knows something about offense and that he can coach both sides of the ball. And and if he, he's going to focus on coaching the team as a whole – and not just one side of the ball. And I, I really hope he doesn't he doesn't call plays. Just be a head coach. Let the coordinators coordinate it. You know, help with the game plans, but don't call plays on Sundays. 
We don't need another head coach who's going to go sit on the bench by himself while the game is still going on because the opposite side of the the ball is on the field. And, and that's that's one of the things that I liked about Brandon Staley from the Rams. He's a defensive coordinator, but the the dude was a quarterback in college. He just he, he doesn't have the same charisma that Salah has, though. And players raved about Salah. R- Richard Sherman raved about him, and, and he played with him in San Francisco and Seattle. The, the tools are there. He's been he's been groomed to be a good coach. Let's see if he gets the roster, if he gets the players to do it. But I, the, the the tools are absolutely there. And also, I'm all for bringing Mike Lafleur in with him as well to be the offensive coordinator. His his brother's obviously a stud in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers helps, uh, but they they both learn from they learn from Kyle Shanahan, who is I'll say everything that Adam Gase wishes he can be. And how about Gase getting the amount of coaching interest that he's getting? The, the Eagles, Adam Gase as their next head coach? Just the fact that he's he's being mentioned in that conversation is is wild. You talk about him potentially joining Nick Saban, which is not going to happen now. You talk about him maybe joining Bill Belichick. I just I don't get it. The the amount of uh, interest that, that teams and, and various coaches have in him, whether it's bringing him to be a coordinator, a quarterback's coach, or in Philadelphia's situation. You heard him right away get mentioned. Once they got rid of Doug Peterson, Adam Gase was very high on their list to replace him. But bringing in Mike LaFleur is a return to the West Coast offense for the Jets and and likely for Darnold. And Darnold had his, his best success as a, a rookie in that type of offense. The best game of his career came in that offense when he, he went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers before Gase even walked into the stadium. And then uh, it was all all downhill from there. But bringing LaFleur, maybe maybe a draft Devontae Smith, maybe a trade back and get a bunch of assets. Maybe they even trade up. And what, what, what did we talk about last time? Urban Meyer to the Jaguars keeps the Trevor Lawrence dream for the Jets alive. And who's the new head coach for the Jaguars right now? Urban Meyer. And don't let the detractors tell you that it's not possible. Don't don't let the people tell you, well, Urban never coached Justin Fields. He doesn't have ties to him. Nonsense. Because Urban Meyer was part of that decision. Part of the process of, of bringing Justin Fields to Ohio State. Ryan Day is Urban Meyer's protege. Urban Meyer picked Ryan Day to be his successor, and Justin Fields announced that he was joining Ohio State before Urban Meyer announced that he was leaving Ohio State. So Ur- Urban Meyer knows more about Justin Fields than any other head coach in the NFL. Does that mean that he's he's drafting Fields? No, it, it doesn't. Does it mean that it's possible? Yes. Jets offer the number two pick and the number 23 pick for the number one pick fields and 23 for Lawrence very much in play and, and don't let anyone tell you different right now. I'll say fields and Alex Smith to, to Jacksonville two urban Meyer guys. Trevor Lawrence is a jet. Boom. It's, it's Darnold or Lawrence for the jets next year. And we'll have plenty of time to, to discuss, but that that's where I'm at right now. I don't want Wentz. I definitely don't want Jimmy Garoppolo and get ready for, there's going to be plenty of those rumors as Salah tries to pluck as many people from San Francisco that he can, but let Garoppolo go to New England. 
and we have plenty of time, like I said, to to break all that quarterback stuff down. Oh, I think I think I saw Monday at one o'clock for the Salah news conference via Zoom. So get pumped for that. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast. As always, big up.